This is Dane. Welcome back to Fargo Fodown. <clears throat> Today I'm going to be doing an episode uh, similar to Mark's previous episode. I'm going to talk about my top five favorite masters <clears throat> to play. And to start off, now again, this is a this is my top five favorite masters to play. This is not my opinion on who the best, you know, most effective uh, masters are in the game. This is simply kind of a personal opinion of of what I enjoy playing. So when I think about what um, draws me to different uh, factions, different keywords in Malifaux, there's several criteria uh, that I'm looking for. First off, um, more, a little more than Mark, Mark's really into the mechanisms. Uh, I really enjoy the story of the game, uh, both the actual lore and the story we create on the table, which is why I put so much time into, into um, uh, creating this, the table setups and the terrain and everything. So the backstory, the lore of the of the characters is important to me. And so we'll get into a little bit of that uh, uh, as I go through each of the masters that I've chosen. The second uh, key component, again, and this is sort of part of telling the story, is the style. And by style, I mean both the appearance of the sculpts uh, as well as the overall theme of the crew. My third criteria is ease of play. Um, you know... Uh, we get together, There's the, Malfo is by no means a simple game, there's a lot of complex interacting parts, and uh, though playing a, a really brain-burning crew where there's lots of things to have to remember, um, different overlapping multiple auras and things, uh, it's certainly something to be said about ease of play, uh, so that when we get done with the game I don't feel completely fried mentally. Uh, number four is the depth and by depth of a, of a keyword, depth of a crew, I mean both the mechanisms so how deep do the gameplay mechanics go, as well as actually how deep is the is the list building. So if I'm pulling a crew and it's you kind of run the same list every time, there's not a lot to choose from, that's certainly going to take uh, a, a step back for me. As, other than, it gets a crew that's got a lot of different um, model options, a lot of different reasons to take models, not a lot of quote-unquote dead models where they don't really seem to have play in any uh, pool. Number five, mobility. I really enjoy uh, movement shenanigans, speed, pushes, placements, uh, those kind of things that uh, I think being able to get the place you need to be on the board is very important. And that kind of mobility can help make up for other areas where you might be making errors in play. Uh, next up would be uh, number six, versatility. So versatility, uh, what I mean by that is, is this a crew, is this a keyword that I could bring into you know, most any pool against most any master, uh, or is this a very, very um, opponent dependent or pool dependent master? You know, is this a, is this a crew that's kind of in a bubble? And so is it going to be great for uh, necessarily dropping lots of scheme marker getting to different places on the board uh, pool? Is it better more for like a <clears throat> in the middle scrum uh, <clears throat> Kelly type of pool? Uh, that kind of thing. So versatility. I generally, in most games, whether it's Malifaux, whether it's RPGs, generally prefer a more versatile, um, to play as a more versatile um, either character or keyword uh, than to something very specialized to the moment. And then lastly, I mean, this kind of supersedes everything, is how fun is it to play? Did I enjoy playing it? Um, win or lose, is it a good time? That kind of thing. <clears throat> so... I think I'll start with honorable mentions. Um, we've talked a little bit on the podcast earlier. I'm, I'm trying to get my way into playing Lynch. Lynch was sort of my first 
Now, the first keyword that really called to me, but by the time we started playing, or when we started playing, the three E box was not available, and I really didn't dig some of the sculpts uh, like Lynch or Huggy or Hungry Darkness for the second Ed models. So I never got to play it, but that one really calls to me, and I have a feeling. Uh, when we finally when I finally get around to putting them on the table, he might uh, he and his crew might be making it up into my top five. I really dig the um, rig the deck uh, mechanisms, like kind of working towards that efficiency game. Uh, he's got a lot of other things incorporeal. Um, that's certainly the second uh, title uh, is uh, the title master is very compelling with having hungry darkness styles a master with three uh, AP. So yeah, I think that's that's probably likely to slide into my into my top five once I get it played. Uh, another honorable mention would be Ivan. Um, Ivan really sings to me. He's probably one of the coolest as far as themes go. I uh, really dig that sort of James Bond, Wild West uh, sort of uh, vibe he's got. And I've always really dug shadow types of stuff, shadow magic and different, different elements there. So um, that one's really calling to me. I'm not much of a summoner master. Um, so, Lynch, or sorry, uh, Ivan 2, I think maybe calls to me a little bit more. Uh, I've really only played one game with Ivan though, so I he that's just not enough to really uh, to really put him up here. But he certainly in the future may be uh, maybe a, a solid contender for the top five. Um, so getting into the top five, um, I, I'll probably go, you know. Five, four, three, two, one, typical countdown fashion. <clears throat> the five spot was really, really difficult. Um, I, I really like all my toys. Uh, I really enjoy uh, all my masters. So vying for that for that number five spot. Um, this is that, this fifth spot could really that could vary sort of month to month depending on what I'm feeling at the time. Um, contending for that spot, Parker, uh, Leviticus, McCabe. Um, none of these guys made it, but we're all very close. Uh, I really enjoyed the Western theme that Parker brings. I like playing with that fast mechanic and sort of the synergies of, of working with that crew. Um, I like that he's got a lot of fun minions to play with. I really enjoy minion play. And I think he's got a really interesting set of minions. Um, Leviticus, uh, interesting, interesting uh, aesthetic. Uh, I, I really enjoy some looking at some of these models here. I, I pulled it on my toys to do the to do the cast here, so I could take a look at them. Um, Marlena Webster, fantastic model. I really like the sculpt on um, on three Leviticus and Rusty Alice. Uh, he's got some great pieces here um, that are really really kind of fun. I like that necromancer of the wasteland kind of vibe he's got going on. Uh, I just haven't played him in a while. So he's kind of fallen off, but for a while he was probably you know, my second or third favorite master. At this point, I've, I've dropped him down a little bit. Um, again, all these guys, this is not a time to get them all over the table. And then McCabe, kind of vying for that number five spot, not quite getting there. Um, played quite a few games with McCabe. A lot of them played against Nexus, so that might uh, that might be <laughs> souring him just a little bit, because that's always a tough, uh, tough matchup with any master, let alone McCabe, whose crew isn't super killy. He is very fast, though. Uh, he's you know maximizes that mobility. I think it is there is certainly some depth in in list building and mechanisms. Um, working with that synergy of passing out upgrades, when to do more upgrades, when not to, when to toss them off. Uh, he's got a lot of a lot of versatility in the fact that he's 
Um, you know, if you're going up against someone like concealment, he's got a bunch of models with plus flips built into their ranged attacks. Are you going into something where you're going to need to penetrate armor? He's got upgrades for that. Um, really, really, he's pretty easy to play, frankly. I didn't find him that, that difficult. Um, and I like that sort of Indiana Jones archaeology style that he's got going on. Um, so again, a big contender for number five, but didn't quite make it. So going into the list, number five, at least as it currently stands, beating out those other three would be Jack Daw. So in Jack Daw's favor, I really uh, dig the fact that he's a dual faction. I am not uh, typically a reser player, and I do tend to play him as an outcast, but it, it does at least give me an option that if I want to declare um, Resurrectionists, uh, then I have you know more than more than one crew um, in that set. I've got him and also Yang Lo, so there's a little bit of guesswork. Uh, it kind of stinks if I only have one one crew in a faction, and so he so Mark will know exactly what I'm bringing. Um, number two, the theme of Jackdaw is super cool. I really dig that old west uh, sort of vengeance style ghost story thing he's got going on. Um, Going with that, the models look very cool in theme to that. Uh, lots of haunted looking things. I, I did, I don't really dig the uh, the sculpts for the guilty, so I did replace them with some apparitions uh, that are uh, sort of older metal sculpts from the weird line. I think they look much cooler. They, they, the apparitions have kind of a ghost of, of Christmas past, you know, ghost of Christmas future type of thing, Jacob Marley uh, going on. They're like robes holding giant chains and, and weighted balls. That to me fits more with the kind of ghostly theme than, uh, than these prisoners being, being executed. Um, the backstory, uh, you know, that, as I said, I'm a kind of a story player. The backstory with Jack Daw is a little bit dubious. We don't entirely know, uh, what his deal is. He seems to have been, um, around since the first closure, since the first Malfo uh, uh, portal was closed. Um, there's some sense that maybe Zoraida has something to do with that. But we don't really know a lot about his backstory. And I think that all, the fact that we don't know makes him just a little bit cooler. Um, as far as as far as depth of his keyword, he's got a lot of models, lots of options to choose from. Um, Hanged are insanely good, uh, both mechanically, they just look very cool. Um, just a lot to love about this crew. I have not played Jack Dot 2. Uh, Mark has, I, I played against him. Uh, he looks very fun, uh, but I just personally haven't gotten to the table. But I, I love what Jack Dot brings. It's a different sort of game than I'm used to playing. Uh, it's certainly much more punishing from a placing st a negative status vex in your opponent's standpoint. Uh, very high damage output. I've played games against Mark uh, in our sort of what we're calling our season one, uh, Outcast versus versus Neverborn. I've played games against Mark where I have killed just about every model he's got on the board and lost no models. Um, and I still lost the game because Mark is uh, is good at, at sacrificing models and uh, focusing on scoring points. But the fact is this crew can really kill. So if you need something dead, uh, this is the one. Versatility, um, I would say fairly decent. I think it, that versatility is now a little bit better with the uh, with Jackdaw 2. Uh, Jackdaw 1 can be a little bit uh, opponent dependent. If you can if you can pay him to death for 
small amounts of damage. He's actually, Jackdaw 1's fairly easy to kill, um, but with the possibility of now titles, I think that makes this crew a little bit more versatile and go into all sorts of different lists. Uh, ease of play is decent. Uh, working with all those, all those different uh, synergistic negative uh, conditions uh, can be a little bit uh, to work with. Remembering to you, different things like you can attack your own models to draw cards, uh, something that's not immediately intuitive. Um, so there's, I think there's some depth here, and uh, and ease of play is you know a little bit on the harder side, <clears throat> but but very fun. Next up, <clears throat> number four, we have Masaki Katanaka. Uh, Masaki, uh, super interesting backstory, I think, um, coming up as uh, it raised it sort of in a criminal underworld and rises to power by having to take out her own father uh, and sort of before that sort of acting against her own father to because she sort of knew better how to run the organization uh, very cool story uh, interesting turn now of malifo burns that she's been slightly corrupted and slightly insane now she's seeing the ghost of her father that kind of thing and i think it's interesting uh, that's very interesting and i think we'll uh, here see where this ends up going so super cool backstory um stylistically sculpts are awesome they look very uh, kinetic uh, lots of sort of action poses. I love the the East Asian themes. Um, I season one played a lot of Outcasts, and so Outcasts color wise uh, for painting schemes kind of drab. Lots of browns, lots of dark colors, yellows, uh, that kind of thing. Whereas uh, we get to to Ten Thunders and tons of color opportunities. So uh, very interesting theme, branching sculpts, very kinetic um, style. As far as ease of play, I think Masaki is fairly easy to play. Um, a lot of her crew just jumps around with shadow markers. Um, I, I don't think there's a lot of, of significant challenge here, but at the same time, I think the depth of play can be very interesting, especially now adding the, uh, the title master, Masaki 2, who's able to obey, potentially drop out shadow markers of different areas on the board using enemy models. Um, so a lot more depth there. Um, mechanistically, and I think figuring out how to use your synergies, um, when to when to scheme, when to drop shadow markers, when to jump to different shadow markers, um, it, it provides very interesting, fun um, interactions. As far as the list building depth, very deep. I mean, this is one of the deepest keywords in Malifaux. Tons of different models to choose from. Um, I'm a very big minion player, as I mentioned. Very interesting minions to play with. Um, and because there's so many minion options with different abilities, ranged, uh, stealth, uh, different things like that, um, some min three beaters, different things. Let's see what one henchman is a summoner. There's a lot of, uh, of versatility here and a lot of ability to go into basically any pool. Misaki can go up against any master, any pool. It, it really, it really doesn't matter. Um, super deep keyword. Um, mobility huge. Um, a lot of the crew is incredibly fast. Uh, they can jump around using shadow markers. Misaki 2 can now bury her own models and have them jump out under shadow markers anywhere on the board. So incredible mobility. You're going to get where you need to get with, with very little interruption. And just very fun. Um, very fun. So yeah, Misaki, number four, easy choice. Um, number three, 
Uh, this one's climbing the charts pretty rapidly. I've had a really fun time uh, playing this master. And this is <clears throat> the ghost wizard immortal himself, Yang Lo. What's, uh, you know, as far as the story of Yang Lo, uh, he, very interesting facts. I'm not going to get into the whole thing there, but um, we're just finding out more and more about it. Uh, he appears to have been cursed at some point in his in his earlier life, which was hundreds uh, of years ago or more, uh, cursed to sort of be a ghost along um, this spiritual path. He periodically is able to use the powers of his of his descendants to to go back into a more corporeal form, uh, but he's constantly feeling the pull backwards. And now with the new Malifaux burns, he's uh, he's falling back more into a, into that ghostly form and less corporeal. Um, so yeah, really cool story. And I think the story they're taking us with, with him kind of acting more as a mentor to Chiaki and, um, um, the other 10 thunders, uh, lady who summons monsters out of the big mom in the back of her head. Anyway, forget your name. Um, but, uh, I think that's a really cool, cool story. And I'm curious to see where that one goes from a style standpoint. The sculpts are honestly, some of the best, um, in Malifaux, you've got a lot of, uh, variability in sculpts. You've got humans, you've got disgusting monsters, um, very kinetic. You've got these undead, um, samurai looking things in the form of, uh, the I'm gapping all my names now. Um, you have the Kamainu, these mechanical dogs, uh, ninja type things in the form of his Gokaidu. Uh, just very, very uh, cool looking sculpts. Lots of options again for color. Um, Mark painted my Kamainu up to have kind of like an Iron Man sort of vibe. They've got some gold plating uh, over the top of uh, more typical metal looking plating. And then on the tops of their heads where they've got these wires, he made them red. So they look sort of like, uh, like they're corn road or dreadlocked. Uh, looks, looks really cool, but just, yeah, really, really uh, interesting sculpts, lots of flowy robes. So look very, look very kinetic. Uh, ease of play. Um, yeah, probably, probably mid grade. Uh, this is sort of in this Mac sort of McCabe camp of you've got upgrades to put out. Um, the upgrades make you better, but sometimes they can be a little bit of a trap if you're spending too much time and effort getting upgrades out. Um, so that part uh, is a little, you know, that's the kind of the game of, of the difficulty of the play. But otherwise, I mean, the crew is fairly forgiving. They're very fast. Um, they're very hard hitting. So a lot of these things can make up for, for um, errors in play, per se. Depth for the on-low crew. Um, I would say pretty deep. They've got, first of all, list building. They've got a lot of different minions. They've got a lot of different henchmen and forces. And you got something for everything. You got armor, you've got um, minions that are gonna be super fast with plus flips, given the upgrades on them. You've got um, someone with flight, you've got someone with leap, you've got incorporeal, um, you've got terrifying. Uh, he's kind of got it all. Um, there isn't really anything, I would say this, this crew is particularly lacking. Uh, that stands out to me. And um, 
Yeah, and I sort of talked about the mechanisms already. Um, really fun to play with. Um, Yan Lo 2 introduces some additional increase in mobility, uh, which is our next topic, uh, as well as uh, much more ability to, <clears throat> to drop scheme markers. So now with Yan Lo, Yan Lo 1 and 2, I mean, this is a crew they can go into any pool, go anywhere, do anything, super mobile, super versatile. Um, not to mention the fact that uh, Yan Lo 1 can bring back some of his uh, deceased models. So you spent a lot of energy killing them, and now they're right back uh, again. <clears throat> and just simply the fact that Yanla 1 and 2, um, when some of your key models die, they dump off a reliquary to other models, so that just makes the remaining models that much better. So, I mean, just a, just a really great crew, easy to play, super mobile, super versatile, super fun. Um, no one's saying any, no one's no one's gonna ever tell you that Yan Lo uh, is a weak master. Uh, this one is is on my on my top five for sure, and uh, probably in the top five of just best masters in the game, I would guess. Closing in on our top two spots, uh, these last two. Spoiler alert: both outcasts. Um, you know. <sighs> It's, it'd be it'd be tough. I mean, I could sort of you could sort of flip flop on one and two, uh, but I had to decide for the purposes of a of a numerical list. Um, but yeah, keep in mind this is a really tight race to get up to the top here. Um, number two, I'm gonna go with Captain Zip. Um, if you don't know Captain Zip's backstory, I mean, it is just uh, amazing. I, you know, I. Generally, I have liked a little bit more of the grittier backstories when it comes to Malifaux and, and not been so into the goofiness of the bayou. Uh, but Captain Zip's story is just so awesome. It's hard not to love the guy. Uh, he's kind of a tryhard. He wants, he wants to be a, an infamous criminal. Um, he wants to be uh, something that people uh, talk about as, as a legend. Uh, I'm surprised there isn't actually a bard on his crew. That would make uh, complete sense. And Malifaux, uh, weird, please give me a bard uh, for the uh, infamous crew. A piano player, uh, maybe some of the harmonica. Uh, you know, he, he, needs a, he needs a bard. Uh, you know, Zip, uh, he's got this crew. He, they find a Cillarid in the swamp who eats his original first mate. And... Rather than attacking him, Zip promotes the Cillarid to become his new first mate. Um, the whole crew is just absolutely ridiculous. His totem is someone who is with the crew against his will. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, uh, and and the the story combining him with Parker in the more uh, you know the more recently released stories is phenomenal. Uh, I have not played Dual Masters, but I I just I am looking forward to the day I put. Zip and Parker dual masters on the table together, uh, just for the pure uh, sort of geekery of it alone. As far as style goes, sculpts very cool, uh, very very cool. You've got a lot of options here. So many of my keywords are, are sort of, um, I play I play a lot of humans. <laughs> okay, so a lot of humans. Uh, Ten thunders. There's there's quite a few humans. Uh, so I lean into sort of more humany aspects here, but now in in Zip dual keyword faction. So again, that's got that going for him. We've got some gremlins, we've got some humans, uh, we've got some monsters in the form of the Cillarid. So lots of different, uh, lots of different pieces here, uh, sculpt wise. Thematically, again, just sort of a super goofy crew. Um, just 
the fun factor is built into the story. It's built into the way you, the mechanisms. It's just, it's just fun. The whole way, the whole, the whole thing is just super fun, uh, which really shoots him to the top. Uh, ease of play. Uh, he's fairly, fairly easy to play. He's, uh, you know, they've got some um, concealment auras. The crew itself is, is very, is quite fast. And then he's got other models that are straight up just beaters. Um, not a lot of, uh, of challenge to playing Zip. You get a lot of depth of play, though, as far as figuring out how to ferry different models around with um, Fly With Me, you do your concealment auras, knowing when to drop pianos. The pianos are so awesome. Um, they, they help you control the board. They'll, you know, they'll block your guys from taking shots, uh, being shot at by the enemy. They'll block off key areas where your enemy has to get through. Um, they can, some of your models can use them to, to buff up attacks or, you know, they can cause different status effects. Uh, pianos are just super amazing. And just the idea of thinking about an airship floating over your table, just dropping pianos everywhere. is just freaking phenomenal. Um, love Zip. I said I'm a, I'm a mobility player. The guy's got speed, just insane speed. He's he's uh, eight, move eight. Um, he's got other models that again have fly with me. Um, he's got some Montreux. He's got some a uh, little beefed up charge for plus two. Um, the trick with him is is just you know Zip's kind of running around on the board doing whatever Zip does, and uh, the, the trick with him is not letting not letting Zip uh, get too far out of with the rest of his crew where he's uh, a little bit more vulnerable. You can use Zip to go in and just uh, kidnap a model um, by hitting it and placing it, hitting it and placing it, um, sort of moving models around. He can be a little bit harder to pin down himself uh, because of his defensive figure to to uh, leap away, up, up, and away. Um, just, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about Zip. Um, I don't have Gracie or Burt Jebson. I really hate Burt Jebson's model. I just, the thing is just so stupid looking. Um, personal, personal preference. Uh, so I'm looking, actually looking forward to getting the new alt zip, uh, the, uh, Dr. Love bomb option or whatever. And I'm going to use that as my, as my bridge Jepson. So I think that'll be even, uh, more hilarious to see that on the table. Number two zip. And lastly, number one, um, you may have guessed it if you listen to the podcast, uh, before, um, my original crew, uh, Victoria's. Uh, we first started playing Malifaux. You know, I wasn't really a tabletop uh, role. Uh, I was a role-playing game player. I wasn't a tabletop um, miniatures game player. I played RPGs. I played a lot of, of, uh, role, of uh, board games, but I wasn't really much into the into the miniature hobby. In part because I didn't really like assembling models. I'm not a painter. Um, and generally the themes of most war games, either, you know, historical, um, war games, um, more modern military themes or crazy futuristic sci-fi stuff. None of these things are really all that interesting to me. Um, but Mark did sort of suck me into Malifaux because he knows I love that weird West style. And, um, also a big fan of, uh, sort of the Asian theme. And so getting this all together, weird West, uh, Western, Eastern, uh, putting all together, Vicks were really the, the most natural choice. I mean, you got that Asian Western fusion. I mean, they got models that are strictly, I mean, straight up called Ronin who look like cowboys. 
Uh, I mean, this is just as spaghetti Western as it gets. Um, you know, this backstory, super awesome. Um, you get not one, but two masters, which gives you a ton of AP efficiency. They can be a little glass cannony, but they are incredibly fast. Um, having, having two masters, um, allows you to do crazy amounts of scheming. Um, they can get out there and kill scheme runners. Uh, they can get in there in the middle and, and kill important targets. You, you, they're really more of a, you got to play them more as a scalpel than you can play them as a hammer. You'd select certain targets, but you can't just go in after the big beater and expect them to, to survive. Um, yeah, this backstory of, of uh, Victoria being kind of a mercenary and then um, a doppelganger is sent to kill her. And instead she ends up using her magical sword to kind of like, it's not really clear exactly what happened. It's almost like she removed its soul or wiped its memory and then it imprinted onto, onto her. And so she just became, there became two of, of her. Um, very cool backstory. She's been involved in some, in some of the key earlier Malifaux stories uh, with the Grave Spirit um, at, at Nythera. So yeah, very, very cool backstory. Um, style, again, uh, the sculpts are very cool, very Western. Uh, we're talking cowboy hats, dusters, um, guns and swords. Uh, lots of cool flowing hair. The other thing that interested me is uh, really when I play RPGs, I am almost always playing as a male character. And this crew is is really uh, female predominant, which I think is, is very cool and very forward thinking. Um, very cool models. Ease of play, very easy. I mean, this is, I think in part why I love this crew so much is they were the perfect crew to learn to play this game with. They are very fast which again, I mentioned over and over again, speed can make up for a lot of, of errors in, in play. Um, they don't have a lot of, of complicated mechanics. They really don't do a lot of synergy uh, within the crew. Maybe the Victorias themselves do, but otherwise uh, each piece is sort of an independent operator. So you don't have to really think too hard um, about all the complicated mechanisms. There's not complicated auras to deal with. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the only thing that's complicated about it is remembering at the start of, of the turn to push all your guys two inches. Otherwise, uh, pretty straightforward. Having said that, well, the ease of play is, uh, is pretty easy. The, the depth of play, I think, is where it, where it comes in. So, you know, you've got models that are fairly independent, um, which, which means that you can spread them out all over the board to keep different things. Um, because they're mobile, you can put them in, and if they start getting in trouble, you can pull them out. Um, I think, uh, list building with this crew is it's, it's okay. Um, I would say for me, the, 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 uh, desperate mercenaries are basically dead weight. I've never hired them. I don't even own them. I think they're awful. Um, and, but they've got, you know, they got Taylor, if you need ruthless, you've got Bishop, um, if you need some speed, uh, big Jake is, is actually really, really good, good schemer. Um, he's got don't mind me. I think the thing with the, the list building intrinsic to the keyword is not great. Um, it's not super deep. However, because these pieces are all rather independent of each other, there isn't some big keyword synergy. This is a really easy crew to bring in versatile models and out of keyword without messing up your whole strategy. Um, other keywords are, 
are very synergistic and hard to bring in out of keyword models um, or versatile models without really disrupting the whole mechanic. Um, I mean, for example, let's take Misaki 2. Um, her whole shtick is kind of about having last blossom models gain faster, do things out of activation. Um, it doesn't really help you that much to have other models that are not last blossom models because you can't really get that synergy going. So, but with this crew, um, again, it, it, this is really helpful to learn how to play an entire faction because you can play any model into it and it really is, is going to disrupt your plan. So um, I would say the keyword itself, intrinsically, not a lot of list building depth, but uh, they really build well into the faction as a whole. Mobility, I mean, I don't even say anymore. They're incredibly fast. Ronin are, are sick. Uh, Ronin are super fast. They're, they've got nice guns and swords, the nice melee attack. You throw an upgrade on them. Um, what is it now? One in criminal, I can't remember that. And they are extra fast as long as they're near additional terrain or uh, at the edge of the board. I mean, these things are just super speedy. Uh, and the nice thing about having a minion is, like the Ronin, is they're very good. And if it looks like they're about to die, you can sacrifice them and get two soul stones out of it. So even in death, they're giving you something useful. Uh, versatility, uh, very high. I mean, all my crews have, have very high versatility. Um, Vix 2 have not yet played them. Um, they're more of that straight up get in face and beat as opposed to Vix 2, I mean, original Vix, uh, Victorious 1, which I think are a little bit more, uh, like I said, a scalpel. But I think Vix 2 is probably going to be a little bit more of a, of a battering ram. Um, yeah, very much look forward to playing them. I think that Vix 2 sculpt is very cool. Um, I'm not a, necessarily a huge fan of these big sweeping, um, I don't know if they're energy or wind or something. These, they've got these big long streaks coming off their swords that sweep way off the edge of the model, which is, uh, again, it makes it look very uh, kinetic, but at the same time, it's going to be kind of annoying on the table. Uh, it's going to be bumping into stuff and you're going to try and get models into it. They're going to run into the edge of this stupid thing hanging off the edge of the model. Uh, don't love that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, with, with, I would say with, I mean, historically, the way I played against Mark anyway, I've been able to play Vix into just about anything because they're fast, they're mobile, they can scheme, they, you can slot into the versatiles you need, um, they have a keyword model you need, et cetera. Uh, Vix 2, um, I don't think it's a huge change of, of gameplay. It's not like a, a huge jump from playstyle uh, one to the other. Um, but uh, again, I think it'll be fun. And then, yeah, just overall fun. I mean, I've had a blast playing Victoria's. Uh, it's been a long time since I got them back to the table. You know, would I feel the same way now or how much this is nostalgia? I don't know. Um, it might be a lot of nostalgia. I'm curious to play Mark again. Um, historically, Mark has feared the Vix just because I, when we started playing, I was just, they were so intuitive. I was quite good with them. Um, Mark and I have, you know, played a lot of games now and we both uh, changed how we play and how good we are at this game. So, I, I, you know, I, I, he probably wouldn't fear them anymore other than just the, the history behind the whole thing. So anyway, that's my top five, um, as well as a series of runners up here. Um, hope you enjoyed and uh, we'll see you next time.